I know I don't like pay taxes just yet. Like I'm not in that, I'm not in that stage of life yet, but I know that like the voting decisions I make now, and I know this is, I feel like I'm a very different person from most kids my age, just because I'm so immersed in this. The voting decisions I make now and the people I vote in, by the time I get there, those policies and those, everything will probably have been implemented. So I know I'm trying to vote to help my future self. And like, that's kind of what I do. Like in general, I always try to see how I can help myself. Welcome to Political Contessa. I'm Jennifer Nassor, and this show is here to support your interests in center-right politics, policy, and breaking news. Listen in and discover how to awaken your inner ideal candidate. And if you're ready, how you can jump in and change the world as a runner or a supporter. Welcome to Political Contessa. If you or a friend have ever considered running or you know a woman who should, I've got something just for you. My quick guide called Secrets from the Campaign Trail. It will show you five signs to tell you you're ready to enter the political arena. To get these tips and learn about all new podcast episodes and ways to get involved, head over to politicalcontessa.com. Hello and welcome to Political Contessa. This is Jennifer Nassor and I am your Political Contessa. With me here today, I have a fabulous fascinating young woman who is going into her senior year of college. And she is kind of the model that I would love to showcase on Political Contessa. Young, female, Republican, leans right woman who isn't afraid to talk about politics, has been paying attention to politics and the political process, and is concerned about where the future is going And how more young people could get involved in talking about politics, how important it is to vote, how important it is to have your voice heard. Because no matter what your age is, the people who run for office are serving all of us. And so it is super important to make sure that you are out there voting and making sure that everyone who is elected to office and represents you hears your voice. So with me today, I have Caroline Mara. Caroline is going into her senior year at St. Anselm's College in New Hampshire. So Caroline, thank you so much for being here with me today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. It's great. I mean, you are a little bit older than my daughter, my oldest daughter, and she has been hit over the head with politics since she was baby. <laughs> I mean, we I was I was the chairman of Mass GOP when she was just 5 years old. She was on stage with the reciting the Pledge of Allegiance with my my middle daughter, who was at the time my youngest daughter, when she was about, I think she was seven, six or seven. So, I mean, she really has has been stuck in the middle of this. And, and I've had to, you know, suck it up when she hasn't agreed with me on my political views. And finally, she has come around and her friends have come around and they see things a little bit more like I do, but she's still not involved in it. So, so I want your perspective, like how do we, and we is more the global we, I'm more concerned about right of center politics. I'm more concerned about Republican politics, but we, we have a problem in the Republican party on two fronts. We have a problem with women and we have a problem with young people. I would love for you to solve all of the problems. (laughs) 
of the Republican Party. Go. Well, that's like almost an impossible task to say at the least. But I kind of wanted to start talking about like why I'm interested in politics, sort of, because I don't know if that, that could help anyone else. I mean, I, I was sort of interested at a super young age. I mean, my dad definitely played like a huge role in this. He always had the news on. He was constantly flicking between like different channels, CNN, Fox. I just remember doing my homework and sitting in the dining room table and being like, oh, so-and-so's on. Oh, I can hear it. And I'd literally walk up from doing my homework, go sit in the living room and be like, oh my gosh, I have homework. Do I need to go back? I would kept getting drawn into the living room being like, what's on the TV? What's on the TV? What's on the TV? And so I think that's first what really sparked at least my love of politics. And then I also really loved sort of like the history component of it as well. And I think those are two things that people forget about when they get into politics. They're kind of like, oh, it's this one fighting with this one, this one fighting with this one, when really it's like the little things in your life where you're like, oh, it's just listening to like the news for five minutes. Or it's like, here's a connection I made in school that actually affects how the like how the countries run today. So like, for example, like when we were learning about, I don't know, like history, we'd learned about global history in like middle school. And I'd be like, oh, so that's the way that is now. And this is the way this is now. That's kind of like sort of like connecting those bridges is what made me really interested in it. And I think no one really sees that at first. I think people just think it's at the get-go, you need to know Democrat, Republican, two-party system, when in actuality, it's something a little different. So I think if more people made it personal to themselves and what they liked, they would find that they could have more love of, like more of a love of politics, if that's kind of what I mean. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense, you know, because you were raised in a house where your parents were paying attention to it, right? It's like, yeah, for my kids, difficult to go through a day without me bringing up some segment that was in the news that I heard about and, you know, throwing it out as table conversation and most homes, politics are taboo. You know, we, yeah. well, maybe not now in this, in this era, but I mean, you know, raised growing up and thinking can't talk politics at the dinner table because people might fight and everyone disagrees, but I think it's good and it's healthy. And, and it's good for my kids to see the news on and, and, you know, watch different TV channels. And I think I was watching like a access Hollywood or entertainment tonight, or it was something at night. And one of my daughters just was like, spewing all liberal stuff and it was making me crazy but i was said i know enough not to say you have to think how i think because that would make me think the opposite so i was like all right so we're watching and it was right after one of the met gala that aoc wore that dress too right and i looked at her and i was like so let me ask you a question i was like met gala ticket cost thirty five thousand (laughs) dollars She totally did not show up in a Prius. She got a dress from a designer that she says is an immigrant, but really from Canada that was custom made for her. For her, yeah. Does this sound like who she portrays herself to be? And it got her thinking, right? And it was like just that little bit, like you said, it's like relatability thing. It's that little connectivity piece that makes you say, think and go, huh? You know, that's, I didn't think of that before. But, you know, are you practicing what you preach? Are you being a Mm -hmm. hypocrite? You know, all of that's important. But how do you do it if you don't if if you don't have family members that are talking about it? I personally think that you need to almost take it upon yourself to sort of have those conversations, because even if like you throw something out there, like if you feel like you're 
you're like, oh, well, like this is going on in the news or you just kind of see something somewhere because especially in this day and age, it's almost impossible to not see something, I think, even on social media. I think just like, or TikTok, yeah, something like that. Just bringing it up being like, oh, did you see this on like Instagram? And then someone will automatically, like someone, anyone, I feel like friends are really close and they're able to just kind of have those chit chat. I mean, my roommates and I, we always just, I'll be like, oh, did you see this? And automatically like, they'll be like, oh, this is my opinion. And like, this is my opinion. And like that in in and of itself is politics. Like that's like the the giving and take of like ideas, which is so cool because no one really realizes that they're partaking in it when they actually are, I think. So like, even if it's something as stupid as like the Met Gala thing, kind of, you know, just like so-and-so wore this dress or so-and-so wore this dress, even though they preach this, like that's something that totally pertains to like young women and girls, like very stereotypically, but in all honesty, I mean, I, I like that stuff too, but sort of things, just having conversations and being willing to like hear someone else, like, cause everyone has an opinion on something at the end of the day. So I think even that is so important, I guess. Yeah. And I think it's, it's good to just know what's going on in the world around you, right? Yeah. Because I, I personally hate when the press makes it out to be, or, you know, the left will say, you know, the most important issue to women is the abortion issue. And it's like, you know, it's it's an issue. But I'm also really concerned about the economy. I'm actually really concerned about education. Like, I'm concerned that we have leaders that run around and say, we will give you free college education. But what we're not talking about trades and how do yeah. how do we get more plumbers and electricians? Because I could paint my own wall terribly, but I can't fix my own sink and I can't repair a light or install a new light in my house. And so, you know, it's like all of those things that you hear about actually affect you, especially, you know, you'll be graduating college soon and looking for a job. And what's the job market out there? And what does it mean to have so many more people that are graduating with college degrees today than we have had ever in history? And how does that affect the job market for you? And, you know, how does the border and fentanyl issue, how does that affect you, right? Like that's, these are political issues, Mm -hmm. but, you know, again, like the connectivity, you know, I'm sure like you go to parties, you see people, you know, it's like the, I can't give my kids any more lessons on not taking drugs, you know, because I've been telling them since they were little. And it's like, no, 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 now you will die. Like now, you know how I said you may die? No, no, no. Now you will actually die a death. And so, you know, that's, those are actual issues. And and those are, I think, good ways to wake people up to the importance of who you're, who you vote for or who is in office actually impacts your life in a much bigger way than just, oh, there's something going on with China, right? (laughs) Or there's, I don't know, you know, climate, climate change is real, but you know, it's like, you can't feel it. It's not happening. It's not affecting your life tomorrow when you graduate from college. And so how do you get people talking about? So I think it's, it's good for you to see that, that, you know, the connectivity part of it. Yeah. That's what makes me like, that's what makes me go onto my campus and be, I'm like, I'm always like, you have to vote. It's so important. That's why I'm so like, my friends are always like, oh, why are you going home? I'm like, I'm going home to vote. Like, I know I don't like pay taxes just yet. Like I'm not in that, I'm not in that stage of life yet, but I know that like, 
the voting decisions I make now, and I know this is, I feel like I'm a very different person from most kids my age, just because I'm so immersed in this. The voting decisions I make now and the people I vote in, by the time I get there, those policies and those, everything will probably have been implemented. So I know I'm trying to vote to help my future self. And like, that's kind of what I do. Like in general, I always try to see how I can help myself in the future. Like, how can I get ahead this way? How can I get ahead this way? And it's just sort of knowing that politics is, but you get your own voice. And that's something so beautiful that the founders made. And I think that's like such a gift that so many people don't have. And like, when you just choose to just be like, I don't feel like going, I don't feel like voting because it takes a long time. Or, you know, there obviously there are some outstanding circumstances, but most of the time, kids my age, the only thing we're worried about is probably like what we're going to eat for dinner and being like, oh, tacos or something else. Like, it's really not much. There's not too much strain on most kids my age, at least college attending kids. So I think voting is the least you can do. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and you know, it's so in Massachusetts, our state Senate a couple of months ago decided that they were going to abide by COVID era rules and not show up in person for committee meetings and and formal votes. And so I kept saying, do people actually know this? Do, do the constituents actually know this? And are people actually OK with the fact that their taxpayer dollars go to fund the salaries of these men and women who have decided that they want to stay at home in their bunny slippers? Now, if you have your own job and you have your own clients and you pay yourself or you work for someone and they say it's okay to stay at home and work from home, that's different when it's taxpayer dollars. And it's amazing to me how many people forget that elected officials are not celebrities, but they actually are public servants that get paid by our taxpayer dollars. And so going to what you were saying, like your vote actually does matter. Because these clowns get elected and they're in office forever and ever and ever. And they're making decisions for maybe, you know, two or three decades. You know, look at Joe Biden, look at Ed Markey. I mean, they've been in office for so long that there are members of Congress that weren't born when they first were elected to office. And so it's really important to to be be cognizant of the fact that voting actually matters. So how did you decide what side of politics was more interesting to you? Like what what would you say are kind of the three most important positions for you to get you up in the morning and, and have you want to work for politicians or for an organization or or just Again, go vote and feel like it's important to talk about the importance of that. Well, first of all, I want to sort of start off with like my high school experience. I think I was like very confused to say the least in high school. I went to I went to a public high school in Massachusetts and everyone in there thinks one way to say the least. And then everyone in my house thought another way. So I was like, I felt like I was always stuck between a rock and a hard place because I was like, OK, well, I don't think this way. But also, I don't want to say anything because I'm the odd man out in high school, completely odd man out. So and then I just, just remember being like at home and hearing all this other like this more center right leaning ideas and being like, am I thinking the right thing? Like, is this the right way? And then I don't think it was until probably around COVID my freshman year of college 
So when I started like started to realize, oh, so my personality, I think, does align the way that I've always known it has secretly. And I've never like I've always questioned myself and I've been like, oh, but I'm sort of like, oh, I'm different from what all my friends think. Like, is that normal? Like, I never wanted to talk about it. So definitely like my household is a very effort driven household. I've always been told since day one that effort is the equalizer in life. It's how you do anything. Like you can do anything if you, it's so like, it's almost corny. You can do anything if you believe you can do it. And like, if you put the effort in, someone will reach out to you and make that, make that effort to help you because they see that you're driven to do something. And that's something that I think is really a really big part in almost just the center right ideology, just sort of like being like, okay, this is the problem. This is how I'm going to fix it. And I know it might take some time and I know it's going to be hard, but I want to fix it. It's knowing that I want to do the right thing. I want to try to drive and like, I'm hungry to do the right thing almost. So like when I wake up and I'm working and I go to work, like even whether it be waitressing or even working for like an organization, I think that just knowing that I'm like, oh, I'm helping myself and I'm really like, I'm helping myself be a better person and contribute to society in a positive way. And in turn, I get rewards from that. Like I get special opportunities and I get like, well, in terms of waitressing, it's usually like a good paycheck, which makes me happy as well. But like things like an organization or even like at school when it's like I'm being a leader in a club or something, it really helped like that drive really like personally, the drive drives me. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, Just like knowing that I can do anything. Yes, there are barriers, but you can do anything. You say you're mine, dude, like you're, you're limitless. Like, like we live in such an awesome country where women like don't have as many barriers as other women do. I think we're super lucky. Like, yes, there's a lot, like nothing's going to be perfect. Yes, there's a lot of issues here, but also we have so many other like channels that we can go to and to rise up and like to our full potential and things like that. So absolutely. So one of the things you hit on was the thing that I really found my home in, in Republican politics was picking yourself up by the bootstraps, right? Or picking someone else up, lifting someone else up and showing them the path, right? It's it's like the old principle of Jesus, you know, being able to show a man how to fish so he could eat for a lifetime. And that's kind of the same thing. Like, you know, look, we we understand people fall in hard times, but, you know, there's a path to success. And if you want to put in the effort, if you if you think about it and you think you can do something and you work hard, there's a benefit to that at the end, right? And and I love that. I love that analogy. And I love that you, you know, have learned that in your home from your parents and because it's an important lesson, right? It's like life sucks. Life is hard. And, you know, as an adult, like if you have been so privileged where you haven't fallen on your face and you haven't worried that the ground is going to fall out from under you, God bless you. I always worried that the ground was going to fall out from under me, but I knew what I needed to do, right? I I had two jobs and I went to school and I got every degree that I could possibly get because I was like, I'm never going to be in that situation where I'm going to be scared that I can't, what do I do? And and it's it's a hard lesson, but you know it's good. And I think it makes you more resilient. And I'm not saying to my Democratic friends that you don't do this too, but I just feel like, you know, on the Republican side, it's like, 
I'm never looking for a handout. I was never looking for a government handout. It wasn't it wasn't even like something that was thought about that that would be okay. And I wouldn't want to say that to someone. I'd want to say, you know, let me help you try to find a job. Let me help you try to find housing, right? And and that's kind of where I think the differences are, but um, yeah, I think that's sort of what makes me align definitely with the more the more right side because I think in this obviously there's I think personally I think there's a difference between Democrats and like woke liberals I think there's still some good Democrats out there that you can totally find common ground on and they they would probably honestly see like the truth and we're saying too and they would totally accept that but I think that's the difference between hardcore woke liberals and Democrats because woke liberals want you to do all the work and want you to do that just so they can sort of like just kind of ride on your back, go, oh, you're doing so great. You're doing so great. Okay, well, now you have to split it. Right. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. That's never made any sense to me. I've always been like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm a team player. I feel like I've been a part of a lot of teams like sports and I'm in clubs and I totally understand like all working together to drive to one goal. And if you need to divide up those like divide up those positions that totally makes sense. But if it's like one person doing all the work and then you reap the benefits, it just, it's never made sense to me no, <laughs> ever. No, so. no, it's like, get your butt up and go do something about it. And listen again, like I have three higher ed degrees. I will never apologize for the fact that I went to grad school and law school at night, six years of school at night in my twenties. I want to know how many people out there were in their 20s, not going out with their friends, not going to the dive bar down the street, not getting out of work and going for a cocktail. Like I left work. I am not even joking. For four years of law school, my dinner was a everything bagel with two pieces of cheddar cheese and like a V8 juice. Number one, that was all I could afford. And number two, that was all I could like suck down between work and class for four hours, right? It's like, I did that. <laughs> and, and you know, working, waitressing on weekends, like I worked until four o'clock in the morning on Fridays and Saturdays. I did that. And so I, I have a problem, you know, apologizing or being like, no, I want to split everything, like get off your butt and go do it. And, you know, and then we can have a conversation. Happy to introduce you to people, but you have to, you have to actually put in the work. So, but it's good that you see that because one of the problems in politics today, and I, I had a meeting earlier and it got kind of inflammatory, you know, on Democrats, you know, don't do this and Republicans do do this. And I was like, well, you know, I mean, everyone has their faults and that's, you know, we can make generalizations all over the place. But I think that, you know, it's good conversation to say, here's what I see as the difference, right? The difference is the lifting up and showing a path as opposed to you could stay at home and not do anything and the government will take care of you because really we're a country that's built on dreams and and hopes and and having the ability to have success and you know and that's why I say education like not everyone should go to college but can't we educate people in trades to go do something and and see where they can land up and let them be entrepreneurial and give them business classes in addition to trades and let them go and you know build their own thing i think is pretty cool. And, you know, not everyone is going to sit through four or five years of college and, you know, come out and 
what do you like? Then everyone's in the same job and the competition is too crazy. Anyway, I'm on my tangent. I'm like, (laughs) so, so let's go back to, you know, I worry as, as a parent of a kid that's in college that she's not going to have the same opportunities. This is again, back to my education piece that, you know, maybe I had when I got out of college and I worry about the trajectory that the country is on where there is so much just seems to me like so much hatred and angst and disrespect for people's differing views. And really a diversity of thought is is a good thing and it's a good thing to celebrate. But it doesn't seem like that. And whether you're on the right or the left, by the way, the extreme right and the extreme left, they don't want to hear that you are not all the way to the left like they are all the way to the right like they are. So how do you see the state of the country? And and again, how do we engage more young people to get out and vote and feel like they actually have a say? Like you were saying, you know, if you vote today, this could affect your life five years from now. But is that a good enough pitch? Yeah, that's well, that's like been like what is the question of the past like 10 years, right? The country is like, personally, I think that without a doubt, it's really hard to say that we're on the right track. But also, we have to think about it as America has faced so much worse. And we've been in such dark times, and we've managed to crawl out of it. So it's all like also having faith in the system and like having faith that this too, like this too shall pass, like it'll It'll kind of wash its way out, but that's not going to work unless we sort of get the ball rolling and do something. So with that, I would say definitely having those hard conversations is something that you'd love to do, but it's not necessarily that it's not always like feasible. It's not always going to happen. So I think that we should just almost get people less scared of politics. I'm not entirely sure how we do that, how we should do that, but Someone like, honestly, say what you want, but someone like Nikki Haley (laughs) would totally... No, I might know her. I might like her a lot. (laughs) Yeah, right. Someone like having that good model for the country, I think, be so good for us. Because right now we have a model. It's like, it's like whoever you look up to. It's like having a good like leader in your sights. It helps you know what the standard should be. So if like, whether you like Trump, whether you like Biden, whatever, if the standard isn't where it needs to be, it's hard for presidents, I think, or like administrations to expect that of the rest of the country. So if like an administration is super corrupt and that we're finding out all this stuff about it or both sides of the aisle, then how do you expect people to, you know, react in a positive way? How do you expect people to like want to have good, solid conversations? How do you expect people to like almost feel like this is a credible like administration like how do you you know what I mean it's sort of like lead by example almost Mm -hmm. and I think that's how you get people involved is like if you see like a president working with a democratic like speaker of the house or something or like a republican president or like a democratic president working with like vice versa if you see them getting along on that bigger stage when it actually matters I think it will like allow people to be like, oh, okay, well, if they can do it and they're so high stakes, like, why can't I do it? You know, like just almost breaks that tension and like re-puts in like credibility into our sort of into our system and our like sort of the way it's always been. It's just where I think we're lost right now and we're lost in like the fog. And I really think that like 
it sort of stemmed, I want to say, around Obama's second term is sort of when this whole thing began to spiral out of control. And everyone wants to say, I think everyone wants to say that like Trump was the reason, but I really think that he was an after effect of it. And then it's just only created this giant monster that we are now afraid of. So I think this will be a very interesting election, definitely coming up to see sort of who, how it plays out and who ultimately wins. Absolutely. You know, so you were not even a thought in your parents' eyes at this point, but Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill had a phenomenal relationship when Reagan was president and Tip was the Speaker of the House. And, you know, I mean, the story goes that they used to have scotch together, whether it was beer, scotch, shared a cigar, whatever these guys did after hours, they were able to have conversations and they were friends. I remember when Ted Kennedy died, it was really moving to see John McCain at his funeral and and crying and Lindsey Graham they were friends. They were actually friends. And that is really lost today on having deep rooted relationships. And and I don't and I shouldn't say that totally because I have friends in Congress that have friends on the other side. And and I have friends on the other side and, and you know, they're actual friends. But I just think that it's and I don't I mean political like we're in politics together, friends, not just like, you know, acquaintances, friends, but like, you know, we do the same sort of work. And and I think it's really important to have those relationships and be able to respect that you come from different angles. You're not necessarily trying to take the country down. You know, you're just coming at it from different views and perspectives. But that's part of the what you said about I do think it was Obama's second term that you started seeing this vitriol and and hatred and and people just starting to get very disrespectful. And I think then Trump just was like, this is great. And then just took it and snowballed it. And, you know, it was like a runaway train at the end and continues to be that way where, you know, there's such a lack of respect. And and you brought up my favorite, Nikki Haley. I think that we're really fortunate, at least on the Republican side, to have candidates like Nikki Haley, you know, and, and not to discount folks like Tim Scott and Vivek and you know, who are also out there running and running for, you know, a different generation, you know, and 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 talking about things that are good for their kids and looking forward to, you know, what would work for you and your classmates and, you know, eventually for your kids. And I think they're not getting bogged down, you know, and I, and looking at Nikki Haley, like she's not getting bogged down in the BS and and the arguing. She's she's talking about policy and she's talking about things that will actually affect our everyday life. And I, and I'm hoping that with new a new generation of leaders out there, I'm going to get to my other thing in a second. But I hope that that inspires you know more young people to come out and vote. And even though in your 40s and 50s you're not even close to someone in their 20s, but it's better than dun dun dun. The thing that I want to get to, which is how the hell do college kids vote for one of these two old guys that are running? Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. I mean, it's like grandparents, even their ages, like they are so I can't even. And I'm, yes, I'm being ageist. I'm sorry. My mom is awesome. And my mom is sharp as a tack. And my mother should not be the president of the United States. I know. Same thing. Like my my grandfather is 85. He still skis with us. But I love like I love him. 
I love him so much, but sometimes he like mixes me up with one of my sisters, like <laughs> things like that. And that's totally fine. And I love him and he's awesome. And, you know, I would want nothing to happen to him, but like, he shouldn't be maybe president. <laughs> he shouldn't be president. Yeah. In the nicest way possible. Like, I think he's rock star, but, you know, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think that that, like, in and of itself is what turns off a lot of young people as well is the fact that, okay, there are these like old people having like old people in air quotes, old people conversations and has nothing to do with me. They don't know anything about social media. They don't know anything about, you know, trying to think of like other things that affect like people might, they know nothing about like, you know, like, like a party scene on a college campus. Like they don't know anything about that. They don't know anything about like, they're so out of touch. And, and I think that just in the fact that like, what is Biden going to be if he makes a second term? What, like almost, I don't even know, 84 or something. They did the math on that the other day. But like, that's crazy. And that makes me feel like I'm not well represented. Makes me feel like they actually have no idea. Like the whole point of a, like a Republican democracy, like a, or a Democratic Republic, excuse me, is that like you want to feel like you can be properly and adequately represented when people go to like vote in your like vote in your space like vote for you and if all these people that are running are like what three times my age how am I going to feel like they actually know what my best interest is like maybe someone more my parents age I can understand and I can get sort of with I would totally be more fine with that because like that's something that hits closer to home because like these people have been my age for like or these people are like around my parents' age, like they grew up and they're closer to me, if that makes sense. So yeah. it, it's just like that watching, proximity thing. They're watching their kids and they're looking at it from, like I said, you know, when my daughter graduates from college, I want her to have opportunities, you know, to go and find a job and to create her own path and a path to home ownership and a path to feel good about herself that she's able to take care of herself. I'm picking on my first daughter just because she's the one in college. But, you know, and I and I I agree. I mean, my age, I'm listening to what's going on on college campuses, right? I'm listening to what kids are talking about. I'm, I'm in tune with social media, you know, and seeing how they're learning stuff on TikTok and they're getting where they're getting their information from and the information flow, you know, or my 11 year old, it's like Facebook, what? Like, you know, thinks that that's like a dinosaur. So, you know, it's just, it's interesting. And you do become more and more disengaged and more detached the older you get. Because, and I just something during Women's History Month about this in a blog about how when I worked with older women who didn't have young kids anymore, it was very difficult for them to understand what it was like to leave work and go because you had a sick child and take a child to a doctor or leave to go, hey, I can't do this now, but I'll send a message to you at 10 o'clock tonight because I have kid has a performance tonight or I can't talk to you on Saturday because I'm at a, you know, dance, dance show, dance competition. Like, those are those are things that as you get older, you're kind of like, wait, what? Because your kids are out of the house or you haven't had children and you forget. And I think especially, you know, these two are just so out of touch with what goes on today in society. You know, it's not just tweeting stuff out. It's it's really, again, like, are you going to get a job? What does your college degree mean? What does it mean to like have open borders, right? Like, how does that affect you? If you fall in love with someone from 
France, the difficulty for him to come in or her to come into this country and the legal fees you have to pay as opposed to grabbing someone over the border from Mexico, right? Like, what does that mean? And and I think that they can't relate it to anything anymore because it's like there's dust growing in their brain at this point, but whatever. And that's, again, mom, love you. You are sharp as a tack. This isn't you, but you know what I'm saying. And, and I do think that that affects young people. And I, I would love to see the conversation change where it was more policy-based. It was more about the future and less, I don't know how, what future these two say. I mean, it's like, you know, rocking chairs and sunsets, but sounds <laughs> lovely um, <laughs> in my crazy yeah. life. And again, I'm not an ageist. I just, I don't think that you should be running a country at 80 years old. And I don't see how if we, especially on the Republican side, have an issue with young voters and women, how these older men are going to do it, which comes to my last question for you on this, which is that for as a young woman, so much of the media and so much driven on the left is about abortion rights and making women believe that they're only worth in voting. And I am going to say it that way because that's how it makes me perceive the messaging. Women's only worth in voting is to vote on the topic of choice. And so you're on a college campus, you're in college, you are actually talking to young women. How do we get how do we get away from this conversation? Is there a way to make it more palatable? Is there a way to win back young women based off of what you see in here? And and honestly, and you don't have to share your opinion on it, but I mean, your own personal opinion on the topic, but I'm saying just from conversations you have with friends. Well, I think something that's so important that definitely the media forgets about is the fact that like, there's a ton of young women my age who have jobs. Okay, let's like start with that. So if you have a job, that means you're generally worried about your money and like your economic status, right? So if we think of it as that, then we can build up from there. So you go, okay, so you seem to be worried about like how much money you have because you have a job and you're worried that you won't have enough money to do X, Y, and Z. Like these days, a lot of my spending doesn't go to like, it goes to fun things, right? It doesn't go to things like going out with my friends or like, yeah, things like that. But also like that will eventually turn into like, okay, so I know for me personally, like in the next year, like I have student loans. Okay. So that's coming down the pipeline. I need to sort of think about that being like, okay, is it beneficial for me to pay it off now and pay it off in little pieces or things like that? And those affect, those things affect, I would say 90% of young women on college campuses. Like there's so many people with student loans and I don't think that it's a bad thing to ever say that you have student loans because the price of college in and of itself is wild. That's another conversation, but like loans teach you so much too. They teach you how to be like financially responsible. So like I've always known that you take out those loans, I'm going to have to eventually pay them back. Okay. Like I know my parents are going to pay those back. They're on my name, like things like that just sort of starts with that and knowing that like these things affect you and I don't understand like personally I don't understand how the media doesn't pick up on that if that makes sense like a lot of like I work with a ton of young women like wait you're saying and like they all understand that like money is so important to like who like their survival in air quotes right 
but like well it pays for your food exactly it pays it pays for everything and like and like it's wild i think that the media doesn't seem to realize that because especially as a young girl i'm like yeah sure i'm spending my money on a lot of stupid things but eventually like i'm in my senior year that is gonna stop pretty abruptly so and i think everyone is generally aware of that because of like i don't know i've seen so many seniors last year like people like cry it after your graduation you're like oh now I have to go into the real world like and that is so real and that is so that's so like real and people are always like oh you're like whatever but like that graduation you're like okay now it's time to like really sort of figure out what I want to do and sort of figure out where like take almost take that responsibility and I think everyone's aware that that responsibility like cliff comes up but no one really talks about it I think as much as they sort of like played off as like, oh, it's just an emotional time. You don't want to be an adult anymore. But it's more of just being aware that like, okay, this is how, you know, respons- like responsibility is here now. And I think just the media needs to, I don't know how to, I don't know personally how this would happen, but just sort of focusing definitely on more something that relates to every college student, which is the lack of money and having yeah. to have a job. <laughs> So that's why the economy for me is always number one, right? It's like, yeah. and under that is everything else, right? It's like regulations, yeah. how many regulations we put on education, making sure people get jobs. I mean, the economy is, and I think that the media, unfortunately, the hot button is the abortion issue. But in reality, what's important to whether you're male or female is keeping a roof over your head right? Putting food on the table. And again, it could be cereal and, you know, a shoebox that you live in after college. I do. Every stage of your life is important, right? If you're, again, like the voters for Trump and Biden, you know, not, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that, but like Trump's and Biden's demographic, that age group, they're worried about elder care. How am I going to take care of myself? Or, you know, how am I going to take care of my adult child who still lives with me. I mean, the economy, it doesn't matter how old you are. That is an important issue. But I think, and I think Republicans win on the economy. What we lose on is we get defined by the press on hot button issues. And then I feel like we just have had people, you know, and Trump is not a good messenger at all, that like dig dig, dig, and dig us deeper, deeper, deeper down into the trenches of we look horrible and we look mean and and the conversation we can't we can't even have a conversation because it's been answered in such a harsh way. And I just hope that we can change those conversations, right? Going forward of again, no one wants to be told what to do. Everyone, you know, you get your back up against the wall and you don't want to hear you have to do this. And And I think that that's a lot of the issues that get kind of thrown at Republicans as we are not understanding and not compassionate. And and I think that that's really tough. And again, you know, new generation of leader like Nikki Haley is going to be able to answer that in a much different way. But I think, you know, I can't imagine like young women look at Joe Biden and they're like, oh, you understand my reproductive rights. Yeah, right. (laughs) But it's like sort of going back to relatability thing like I totally agree that like the economy is like number one because think about it so I I'm lucky enough that my parents loaned me a car to go up to campus and I'm like great cool but with that comes responsibility meaning 
gas. I have to help pay for insurance. I have to pay for my own groceries because I have an apartment, like things of that nature. And that's sort of like, I think a lot of other women are also immersed in that. And hopefully, like, I hope I would hope so. (laughs) But like, that's sort of like, definitely a way that people just, I think people forget about that. And that's also engaging and like being like, oh my gosh, gas is like $4. Great. I have no money, but gas is $4. You know, that whole thing is like, I hear so many college kids complain about gas and I'm like, that's politics. (laughs) You don't like it. Change it. Go vote. (laughs) That your vote counts and you have the power to change it. And there's no point in just complaining. I think that's like a perfect circle of bringing it back. I mean, and that's, I hope, I hope that tell your daughters and, you know, I hope that dads tell their daughters, you know, don't be sucked in by the shiny object over here, you know, which is the, the abortion issue, but it's emotion too. It's it's emotion. Right. And so it's, it's sucking you in because it's the shiny object and they're trying to take you away from the real things, the substantial things. And I don't want women, especially young women, to basically be told you're too stupid to think of anything else, right? Because I want women to see, like, I want my kids to see when you fill your gas. Yeah, it's expensive. It's expensive to fill up your tank. And I make them go and, you know, fill up their tank and they come home and we have a conversation about it. I send them to the food store. For the same reason, I want them to see what things cost because that's real life. And, you know, not that getting pregnant and not wanting a baby is is not real life, but that doesn't affect the entire population. The entire population yeah. is affected by right, prices, yeah. food prices, the economy, being able to have a job. So, well, I hope that you can woo more college students to vote, number one, I think that that's my thing is whatever side you vote on, I don't care who you, of course, I would love for you to vote for the people I want to vote for, but yeah, right. (laughs) whoever you vote for, you should go out and vote is number one. And that's important. And I don't care if you're 18 or 88, but you should vote. And two, I hope that people stop just voting because of what they hear on the news or what they see in, you know, it's Biden versus RFK, right? Like, you know, the percentage points, it's Trump versus DeSantis and Haley and Scott and, you know, everyone else, like the percentage points, that doesn't mean that someone's winning, you know, and don't vote just because it's your party vote because the person is going to do a good job. Like you said, down the line, right? If they are impacting something today, that is going to affect us years to come. And and that is that's a really good perspective to come out with and and for a reason to go vote because it might not be today, but it might be five or ten years down the line that you feel the impacts. It's also the beauty of voting is like no one knows who you vote for at the end of the day. Exactly. So if you don't feel comfortable, like I mean, obviously we just talked about like trying to break down barriers and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, if it's really that bad of a taboo that you don't want to address right now, nobody knows. Nobody will ever know except for you. And you don't have to tell anyone. Listen, I think there are probably, you know, out of the 74 million people that voted for Trump, there are probably, you know, 54 million, 64 million that would say that they did not vote for him. <laughs> yeah, right. It's the, what is it? 
what is that thing? I saw some headline. It was like the silent conservative or the silent Republican. Yeah, so exactly. The beauty of it. No one knows. Just go vote. Just go vote. Well, Caroline, I love this. This is awesome. Thank you so much yeah. for, for coming on here on Political Contessa today. It's been a pleasure to have you. I think you are amazing and you're well-spoken and I think you're a great advocate for democracy, right? It's just at the end of the day, it's democracy. It's getting out, it's voting, it's having your voice heard. And every single person by voting can do their little part in changing the country and leaving a little bit of legacy. And I think that that's something I would like to see more people think about that their vote actually is cha- is creating history and leaving a legacy. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm always always happy to inspire young patriots or someone like me. <laughs> so, or someone who thinks that they they have the same ideas or just is too afraid to say it because I I used to be that person. So, well, I think that that's awesome and and hopefully I'm sure that this will inspire others. So, thank you so much for being on with me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. So, That was my friend, Caroline, who is a senior at St. Anselm's and thrilled to have her on with me today. I am Jennifer Nassor. I'm your political contessa. And I hope that you out there listen to what Caroline said. Make sure you go vote. Have your voice heard. It is important down the line to vote because it will impact decisions down the line. In the meantime, please stay happy, healthy and safe. Thanks so much for listening to Political Contessa. For all the ways to listen and to get the inside scoop on what's happening in center-right politics for women like us, head over to politicalcontessa.com.